Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. But first, Tim, your reaction to both sides of the coin after that game. Well, with Manchester United, it's almost, it feels disrespectful to say that they look disinterested. Um, But I'm reading body language. um, Over the course of 90 minutes, there's always going to be moments where you have to stick together, where you have to have camaraderie, where you have to have a togetherness. I don't see it from this Manchester United team in moments where you have to hunt in packs and defend in pairs. They're just not doing it. Um, And look, I, I think they've made a, Huge mistake, yes, I, it, Ralph Radnick was interim interim, but there was still a job to do. There was still a job to get top four this season. Whoever your manager was going to be for next season, set yourself up for the future for next season, and they haven't done that. It's been a massive failure. It's, it's a huge disappointment from Ralph Radnick, isn't it? Yeah, he hasn't done the, he hasn't done the job. It's been disappointing, and uh, the whole idea of this interim interim with him hasn't worked. Mm. It's a sad reflection of the football club United are right now. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen Manchester United looking so low. I think mm-hmm. Lee said a couple a couple times in commentary, a shell of a club. I mean, it just looks like it's broken, and they're waiting for this new guy. They've got to wait for next season. I mean, they had a, a decent chance, yeah. a good chance of a top four finish. That's all gone now, but just the way that they play and the defend defending and, and stuff that you talked about, Tim. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's it's ugh, ugly right now. Well, let's talk Arsenal because it's funny. What a funny team. They can lose to Palace and Southampton and Brighton. Then they can beat Chelsea and mm. Manchester United. Yeah, not perfect today. They give it a lot of chances, but they're getting the job done. And it's a totally, totally different environment, totally different managers, totally different feel, the connection with the team and the, and the fans. You saw it there. They're, they're, they're clapping, they're walking around the stadium and stuff. So well done for Arteta. That's a big win. We're, United is always a story, but that's a big win for Arsenal with this top four race. Yeah, Rebecca, you say it there, but then they beat Chelsea and Man United. And all that is is youth. Yeah. And, and you're going to have to... Everybody is accepted at the football club that this is what it's going to look like for a little bit. But I tell you what, they are well on their way. What Very good just... football team. Yeah, poor day again for Manchester United. Right, the race then for the top four. Arsenal in prime position in fourth. This is who they've got, including the North London derby, May 12th. Tottenham have got Brentford later today, then five games, including Leicester, Liverpool and the North London derby. Maybe the hardest run in. And Manchester United, with just the four games left, they've got Chelsea 
Brentford-Brighton, and then they go to Palace on May the 22nd. Arsenal very much at the moment in prime position, but Tottenham do have that game in hand, which is a little bit later on NBC at 12.30. Let's take you back then to our three-man booth, to Arlo, Lee and Graham, after whew, quite the morning, chaps. <laughs> yes, indeed. Nice early start for us. Um, the beaming smiles and all the supporters behind the cameras suggest that Arsenal fans are in fine fettle. Are you surprised at, at this recovery when it seemed like they were slipping out of the top four race? No, because I think that's what we've said before the game. That's what you get from this type of t- side. That he's trying to build something with younger players. You're going to get ups and downs, bumps in the road, all of that lot. Different performances each week. And it's difficult for Arteta trying to manage all of that because it's his first job as well. He's getting used to playing different styles at times. They've got different formations. Trying to get, I mean, he's frantic down there on the sideline. I mean, he, he would drive me mad if I was playing for him, but I'm, it's been a while since I was under 23, so we'll leave that one. But I think the way that he's, he's putting the team together, he knows, you know, I spoke to him the other week and he, he says, I know I'm going to get ups and downs. Mm. And he's happy to do that. He's happy for him to play out the bat and the style is. And the fans, the, the biggest thing is the fans are bought into it. Mm. So they are disappointed when they went on those three defeats, but they bounced back with two wins. And now they look as if, but. You, you would not say, right, they're guaranteed fourth place because there could be another cu- couple of bumps. Mm. I think talent, unity and identity that they've got, and you contrast that with Manchester United, they've got the talent, they've got no identity and absolutely zero mm. unity. And you saw it come together for them a bit in the beginning of the second half and, you know, Man United fans will say, yeah, but we missed a penalty, we had a couple of good chances and... That would have got them off the hook. The fundamentals are appalling, um, and there's a huge amount of work to do. Yeah. Anything left to say about Manchester United that hasn't been said? No. What's written on the tin, you're seeing it in front of your own Mm. eyes. There's a huge amount of bringing together the whole club from the top right down to the kit, man. Miguel, that's a big victory, isn't it? Precious three points. What do you make of the performance? A big performance and a game that I think he had everything. He had uh, moments where we showed real quality with a threat. We scored two goals, created chances. A game where we have to suffer. A game where at moments we were a bit lost and lacking energy. And and they were on top. A game where we were really efficient in the boxes. A game where we had luck when we needed luck, which is really important in this game. Uh, but overall, extremely happy. It was a, a massive game for us and uh, really enjoy now. Yeah, it could have gone either way. That granite Xhaka goal went in there. Kind of ended the argument. It's a fantastic strike, wasn't it? Yeah, if, if you have to write the story of the game and say that Granit is going to score from there, probably you don't do it. But that's the beauty of of this game. Uh, it's always tough. They have some exceptional players. Um, they are always like this. Every time they have the ball in the final third, something can happen. And uh, so happy to win again. Uh, that was Granit's first goal of the season. Tavares, of course, that was his first Arsenal goal at all. That's the benefit of pushing forward your fullback. It is, and the way he played as well, and then he had a, a few difficulties in the second half, and we helped him win, when we changed shape, and um, they are really young. You can sense it at some stage in games that uh, that we have to make other decisions. We are trying just to will to play and, and run forward, and um, well, overall, really the, happy. The second goal was a complicated affair, and Ketia was offside, VAR comes in, the ref looks at the screen. You were pretty close to the screen, you mm. no doubt in that decision then. No doubt. Well, I thought if it's, if it's not a goal, then it's a penalty. Um, the play as well to get from the back the way we played. And it was a shame they didn't end up in goal. But uh, Bukayo again showed uh, a real composure to score the goal. Absolutely. Uh, give us an update because he came off a little bit of a concern there. Yeah, we had four or five players really 
with difficulties to start the match. Uh, he was one of them. Ben was another one. We had Granite with an issue in his eye as well. Eddie that hasn't played any minutes and three days later or two and a half days later he needs to play. The boys are doing everything they can to be on that field and uh, I feel lucky. And it's been a good week. Chelsea, Manchester United, advantage Arsenal. This is what we wanted, and uh, we know that I said this is going to be a roller coaster. The fact that you win or lose in this league are for a small margins, and uh, today things went in, in our favour, and we are really happy with that. Ralph, we saw you had plenty of opportunities out there. It must be difficult to come away with nothing. Yes, I think we showed an improved performance, but uh, at the end, a disappointing result. I think we bounced back well after that early goal that we conceded and uh, had numerous chances in the first half and in the second half um, to score more goals. It was a bad start. I mean, you caught, were caught sleeping at the back pretty much, weren't you, Tellis and, and Moran? Yes, uh, that was, the, the for me, the only weak side of, of our performance today, that we didn't defend well inside and around the box. Um, the same happened when we conceded the second and the third goal, but um, for me there were also three very uh, unlucky, let's put it that way, uh, VAR decisions. Um, uh, for me the third goal of Arsenal was clearly offside, uh, and you can see it uh, in, in slow-mo. David said to me he couldn't see the ball. The ball, the, the second goal of Cristiano was definitely not offside. And there was another handball decision in the first half. So we were not very happy with those VAR decisions today. But as I said, in the end, improved performance, but disappointing result. And you missed the missed penalty. You know, that's a gift. You have to take that. Yeah, I would call it a gift. But yes, if you are 2-1 down and get a penalty, uh, have the chance to come back after being 2-0 down, it would have helped us a lot if that had been the equaliser and probably also changed the, 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 whole, the whole game. But we didn't, only hit the post. We hit the post twice, plus the crossbar. So, yeah, as I said, in the end, uh, very unlucky for us. What do you think would Eric Ten Hag be thinking watching that game? Is, is he, does he see a coherent team or does he see a lot of work? There is a lot of work for sure. We knew that even before that game, but uh, we also showed what kind of football we can play. And uh, although we had to 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 deal with that with those two early goals, we still we still showed the attitude. So there is nothing about the attitude of the players that we should fault today. Top four gone now. Yeah, pretty sure. So for me, even before that game, that was not very likely. But after today's result, uh, the top four is gone. Yes. Well, all the talk this week was that Erling Haaland was going to be signing for City this summer and that Gabriel Jesus was going to head to Arsenal. That is Tim Jesus saying, you don't need Haaland. i got four goals for you today. I think they still need Haaland, but well <laughs> done to Jesus. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard when, when people come in and they're talked about your position and, and, and you have leaving the club. It's a good statement from him, and he deserves it. He's a, he's a, he's a nice guy on and off the field. He works hard. It's not been always brilliant for him at City, but this is really good today. Imagine. Haaland in this team. Wow, with the the service, with the delivery from the fullbacks, from De Bruyne, from Bernardo Silva. I mean, it's kind of scary, really. I mean, of course, we don't know if it's going to happen yet. I mean, it looks kind of likely it's between them and Real Madrid, apparently. But yeah, I mean, this this team with a prolific Mm. striker that looks kind of ready-made for the Premier League, that's a scary thought. Yeah. Manchester City with another easy day today. 5-1 winners against Watford. Pep, congratulations. What was the most pleasing aspect of the performance for you? 
but overall was was good. We start, uh, you know, start a goal in the first minute, the first half, the first minute, the second half. That helped me a lot. Uh, we didn't defend well uh, in the back. Uh, we were not aggressive enough. Uh, no aggressive. Uh, defend is a question of attitude. It's not a question of abilities or skills. It's attitude, and, uh, and we were not good. But. Uh, the players up front, all of them, not just Gravel for incredible for goals, but uh, Rahim, uh, Jack, um, uh, Kevin, all of them, uh, they were they were brilliant. A word on Jesus' performance, because often a player gets to score four goals in a game. Listen, in this world football, if we one person who deserves the best of his life for him, family, friends, is Gabriel. So. And all of us, all the club, all the locker room uh, staff, backroom staff, players, mates, um, when he can leave one of the, these situations, is uh, happy for him. So, uh, because it's so generous and always, it doesn't matter when when no in the position is going to play, always help how he fight for his mates. Uh, it was fantastic. And Rodri probably scores the best goal of the afternoon. Absolutely, it was a brilliant goal. No, I think that the the dashes from 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 from. Um, Alex and Kevin for the goals from from Gabriel was amazing, but yeah, the spectacular the spectacularity for the Rodri goal was was really good. With the title race, does it help a little bit when you put your your noses a bit further in front of Liverpool and close that gap in the goal difference? No, nothing changed. Nothing changed. We won a Brighton, uh, but we were two points behind. Now we are four up front. So. Brighton give us it was a final and give us opportunity to play the final today and not this final today we won it we give us opportunity to play the final against Leeds so it's not, nothing changed for that so we have to win all five games to be champion. So nil-nil, final score then in West London between Brentford and Tottenham. Robbie Musto, Tim Howard, Rebecca Lowe with you here in the studio. If you're a Tottenham fan, you've seen your team now lose against Brighton last Saturday and play poorly. Draw today, drop massive points after Arsenal won this morning and not play much better. And you're thinking, do they even want to finish top four? Yeah, and let's go back a step further. We were on the pitch at Villa Park. They got played off the pitch the first half. Second half was brilliant and they were lights out. But this is two and a half games now where they weren't very good. Um, disappointing if you're a Spurs fan. Disappointing that the last two games they don't have a shot on target. Like, like this, the attacking flair of those front three at a bare minimum. They should be mustering something on, on, on target. What I would say is this. I think it's between Tottenham and Arsenal. Not many people would argue that. Yes, Arsenal have been brilliant in the last two results with Chelsea and, and Manchester United. But the weeks prior to that, they were poor. They were dropping points. So it looks, <laughs> looks as if both of these teams are kind of sputtering into that fourth place. Yeah, it's flip-flopping, isn't it? Yeah. By the week, it just depends, I guess, who's on the up come yeah. May the 22nd and the final day of the season. What are Tottenham not doing now that they were doing just a few well, weeks that, ago? Well, that's difficult. They go for the game. Drive at the game. Second half, we're like, oh, this is better. So they flicked a switch. They were trying, getting forward, trying to force the game a little bit. We had this little period of the game where it's kind of end-to-end, which suits Tottenham. Yeah. But... I mean, that's 45 minutes. They wasted 45 minutes, and we've seen that before. It's just, I don't get it, because, like, before these last couple of games, they were scoring goals, playing great, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, it's like, when they become favourites for the top four spot, they become super cautious, behind the ball. You know, the manager we know is a, is a superb manager. I just can't quite get into his head about why the last two games now, and the one, you're right, the one mm-hmm. the Villa Park first half, that there was no real... 
you know, drive for the game and they were happy to sit back and be cautious. And when they have a go at it, they haven't got as much time, of course, they've wasted a half and they still lack a little bit of quality. The wing-backs and, and, and full-backs in football nowadays anyway yeah. are so important for creating stuff and making things happen. Emerson Royale and Sessegnon, not enough. Not enough quality to, to service those front three players that looked brighter in the, in the second half, but still not enough quality. No shots on target in the last two games. I mean, that's incredible. So have Arsenal become favourites now? Yeah, because that big derby on May the 12th, Arsenal can just make sure they don't, they don't lose the game. And that's different. If they can go into that game knowing that a draw is going to be okay to keep them clear of Spurs, there's games around that, of course, but that's a big advantage going into that game. It's at Spurs, isn't it, where they can be a little bit more cautious and, and maybe catch Spurs on a counter-attack. I mean, are Spurs going to take, go on the front foot against Arsenal at home? Who knows? Maybe not. Well, it is advantage now. Arsenal in the race for the top four. What a season that would be for Mikel Arteta's men. The bottom of the table now reads Burnley outside the bottom three. If it stays that way today, it's so therefore if Everton don't win, Burnley will finish a day outside the bottom three for the first time since the 30th of October. Everton go into the game at Anfield in the relegation zone. We will talk shortly about that Burnley story. But at half-time, uh, Robbie Master, you <coughs> did say this is a game for Christian Pulisic. On he comes, he gets the winner for Chelsea. Did they deserve it in the end? They did in the end. I thought they were better in the second half. A little bit more desperation in their football. I thought they got behind, as they did for the goal. Alonso gets behind defenders and pulls the ball back for Pulisic. I think the three guys coming on at the same time was a, was a good move. But it was a bit of a struggle, you know, and... Uh, Jorginho. I mean, what a bad penalty mm. that was. But yeah, fair play to Pulisic. I t- you know, he's, again, he's, at, he's on the sidelines having to try and get his way back into the side. He deserves a longer run in the team. He's always the first one to come out when things go a little bit off. He's always the first one out. He deserves a longer run. Yeah, made a big impact today. All three points going the way of Chelsea. Christian, congratulations. Your first goal in five, but it was a very important one, wasn't it? Tell us how you feel about it. Yeah, it was a massive goal, obviously. Um, we had so much pressure on them for most of the game and we just couldn't get that breakthrough, so I'm happy I was able to, to help out. How hard was it to watch from the bench? Yeah, of course. I mean, I always want to be on the pitch helping my team, uh, so I'm glad I got the opportunity today. And uh, yeah, play, played a good match and finally uh, got the deserved result in the end. What was missing from Chelsea, especially in that first half? Did they, did they have much drive? Did they have much spark? I mean, I think... West Ham obviously defends very well. Uh, they play a very low block at times, and it's hard to break through. So sometimes you just have to be patient, and uh, I think in the second half we stepped it up, and it was really good. What did Thomas say that he wanted for you when he went on? Uh, just to make a difference, uh, combine, and uh, try to create opportunities. It means that you get that space now between Arsenal, a good five points. How much better does that feel? Uh, it feels good, obviously. Uh, we want to be secure in the top four. Uh, we still have some matches left, and uh, this was a good step in the right direction. As well, getting that home win here, all-important home win, the first time in four games now. How important is that? Yeah, it was really good. Uh, we needed to get a win at home. Uh, it obviously feels great uh, in front of our fans. Momentum now, moving forward? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have to finish the season strong, some big uh, league games, and then a nice final. So um, should be a good, uh, good boost for us. Did you feel like you had a point to prove today, to come off the bench, get the opportunity? Yeah, I think so. I think I needed to come in and, and make a difference and prove that I want to be I want to be playing and I'm happy I could I could hopefully do that. Those Everton players warming up at Anfield right now. Does the final score at Burnley and the knowledge and the reality that Everton are now going into this game in the relegation zone deflate them or inspire them? It's, it won't inspire them. Um 
you know, the, the hope is as an Everton supporter and an Everton player that those players would be so uber focused on the task at hand because it's a huge one and there's already a bunch of nerves. But it would have been ex- expected. I mean, we, we all thought, I, I think Everton players would have thought, even if they hoped that Wolves would get a result, that Burnley would possibly get something from the game, and they did. So I don't think it changes the mentality any, because the, the, the task ahead of them facing Liverpool in front of the cop is going to be very, very difficult. But it's on their mind. We should say that Everton have two games in hand, mm-hmm. one against Liverpool today and a further game in hand, but they are two points now behind Burnley and they are not the team in form. It's Burnley under Mike Jackson, unbeaten in three. Mm-hmm. How are you looking at it? I think Everton will be absolutely scared to death. They're playing <laughs> Liverpool, they're playing Chelsea next. There's a two-point yeah. gap between them and Burnley. Two points doesn't sound like a lot. It is. When you've got those two games coming up, we've only got a few games left of the season. Into the bottom three. And with Burnley, this Burnley like for next week. Yeah, so... Wow. Yeah, proper alarm bells ringing. Mike, this stadium absolutely erupted when uh, Vidra got that goal. How was it for you, that performance? You must be delighted. Yeah, we are. We're delighted. Obviously, when that goal's in, you know, the, the roof comes off it. But I can, only, I can only give credit to the players, the way they've gone about that, these three games in a short space of time. What they've actually put in it and come together has, has been terrific to see with the crowd as well. They brought them with them and they've responded. In terms of the performance today, what did you want to see from the players out there and how did they sort of get that from the game on Thursday as well? Take confidence from that game on Thursday and even the West Ham game. But enjoy the challenge, enjoy what, what's coming up. You know what I mean? Be there, be part of that. We've asked them to, to, to go about it in that way. But for us, it's, it's still a long way to go. And uh, we've got a group there who, since I've been here, all I've seen from the group that's come together and that's fighting for each other and they've, and they've pulled the whole place together. What is it like as well for the players then? Because as you said, you know, you have to look forward to what's ahead of you, but there's a lot of times where you're in this situation, a relegation battle and it's, it's not nice, it's nasty. What is the feeling around the club at the moment? Yeah, it's a positive feeling. Listen, that comes from winning games. It does. There's no other way of doing it. That's the only way you can do that. If you lose a game, people aren't going to feel positive about it. So it's picking up results, that builds momentum, it builds confidence, it builds belief. And that's what we've got to try and keep doing. It was quite an edgy game today, wasn't it? It could have gone either way. Wolves had their chances, but yeah. of course Burnley had the chances too. Mate Vidro was, was there at the right time, right place. Yeah, it was, I've just seen a goal back. It's a terrific goal from start to finish. But I think you're spot on what you're saying there. I think there was chances for both teams. It got a little bit open. And uh, we just, we've come out on the right side of that. But we're, we're delighted to get the clean sheet again. That's two clean sheets for us to build on now as well. Psychologically, what does it do, the fact that Burnley are now out of the relegation zone? For us, that's great for now. But what we're thinking of now is recover tomorrow and then give everything we can going into this next game. What's it been like for you as well, taking charge of this group of players? Madness. No, honestly. It, listen, I've been really. I've got there's great people working in and around me. We're all in it together. I'm really proud of what they've done so far, and proud to be in this position where I'm fortunate enough to be able to take Premier League players in in a Premier League. So I'm not. We're not getting carried away. But it's enjoy the night. Then tomorrow, it's we go again. Have you had any more? Confirmation about whether you're going to be in charge for the next couple of games for Burnley? No, listen, I've only just come off here and then my favourite people here have dragged me in to see you. So, uh, <laughs> no, nothing at all. Listen, just enjoy this night and just think, right, what's next? For Everton, reality 
hitting very hard now. A game in hand on Burnley, but two points behind them and running out of games. Next for Everton, it's Chelsea, then Leicester before they play Watford in that game in hand. Robbie, assess that match from Liverpool's perspective first. Well, need to be patient. I think we said that at half-time. It was difficult. Everton did a good job of shape and of making it a little bit ugly. Um, more desperation in their football, I thought, from Liverpool in the second half. And the manager, I said to you, Rebecca, I said, like, this is it. These are the big calls that the manager's got to make in terms of those substitutions. Who he brings off, who he brings on, you know, how they, how, what time that is. And it kind of worked out. The subs were involved in the goals. Divock Origi, I think that's six appearances this season, Rebecca, all off the bench. And now that's three Premier League goals. So a useful, useful player in certain situations. And they got the job done. Not much more to say. It wasn't, mm. it wasn't super slick or super impressive, but it's such an important a victory again against their bitter rivals, uh, Everton. It's so important when you have a game like that, a derby, often the form book isn't always applicable to get just get the job done. Right, Tim? Mm. Well, absolutely. And it's interesting, we give Klopp so much credit and he deserves it. He doesn't use Origi all the time, does he? But he knows exactly when to use him because every time he brings him on, he's a part of a goal or he's a part of a, a being, being a threat. Uh, it's really impressive how he uses the substitution. And in fairness... He has, he, he has a lot of really good subs to use, but he uses them well. Because they didn't play brilliantly, especially first half, does it change your feeling at all about how in the title race they are? No, absolutely no, no, no change whatsoever. We've seen him brilliant, Rebecca. We've seen him not so great. It's results now, isn't it? Performance is, is less important. It is about results. We know they've got great strength and depth. We know they're going for multiple competitions. They've got Champions League semi-final first yeah. leg this midweek. Um, they're going to go all the way to the end. And, and so are City. It's going to be an incredibly tight race. You remember, Man City won it, I think, 2019, winning the last 14 Premier League games. Mm. So both of them have been here before, mm. and they're both brilliant at handling the pressure. It's going to be a fascinating finish. Yeah, they beat Liverpool by a point. I think both of them went on these amazing winning they runs did. in 2018-19. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Everton, this mm. morning you said you'd rather be in the Everton dressing room than the yeah. Burnley dressing room. Now Burnley have won, Everton have lost, Everton on the bottom three by two points. Where now lies the momentum? Burnley, right? Well, but Burnley, yeah, it shifts a little bit. Well, what I would say is today was, it's, it's almost impossible to say this, but today was a little bit bigger than the Derby. It, they played, they gave a good account of themselves. They got beat by a better football team in the end. But the energy and focus has to remain for the next few fixtures because they do have some winnable ones. Talked about it before. Yes, Chelsea will be difficult. Less for the week after will be difficult. But they do have some winnable fixtures or at least ability to get points. They have to try and keep pace with Burnley. But they can't get upset about losing today. Yeah, it hurts because it's a derby. But there are bigger things on the horizon for the Nets staying up. How do you see it, Burnley? Well, I see Everton fighting. I see a well-organised team today. I saw Anthony Gordon, maybe the best player on the pitch, by the way. Mm. Some of the things that he did. And Trent Alexander-Arnold had a difficult time. He got behind him a few times. So they're still fighting. Chelsea Mm -hmm. aren't playing great. We saw that. So... Chelsea, Leicester, then some winnable games. I mean, it's going to go right to the wire. And Everton are not, you know, they're going to, they're going to keep going. It's going to go to the wire at the bottom, at the top, yeah. and in the race for the top four, it looks like. Yeah, it might be so. the best season of all time. Maybe. Let's get uh, some post-match sound, shall we? Let's take you to the tunnel at Anfield and hear from Andy Robertson and Divock Origi. Divock, Andy. 
potentially vital three points, but just how hard fought was it to get them? Yeah, it was so hard, you know. First half, we weren't at our best. We kind of we kind of started playing their game, you know, instead of our own game. Um, you know, a lot of breakage in plays, you know, probably too many, you know, people coming together and things like that. But, look, I've been in a relegation battle. I know what it's like. And we had to focus on our own game, you know. We had to play football. We had to be patient, create chances. And, and luckily, luckily, we managed it. And I think second half, we controlled the game a lot better. Was that the key, patience? Yeah, patience was key. Um, you know, obviously, they knew going into the game that we're now in the bottom three. Um, and, you know, it changes things. And, they're, you know, they're fighting for everything every point they can get so we knew it was going to be competitive and but we had to be you know we didn't really create anything in the first half and you know we didn't do what we wanted to do so luckily second half a bit more patient and, and luckily we popped up with goals David what is it about you and Everton that's 6 in 10 now yeah it's a nice record I, when I go on the pitch I just think about making plays playing football and yeah today we needed it uh, it was a tough game, you know, that was going to be tough for the for the last games and eventually we got the three points, so that's the most important thing. Was that your first touch, the ball to Mo Salah? I think so, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, and then a good cross and then Robo with a nice finish, so it was needed. Andy, two vital touches from your involvements, if you like. The goal and also, not quite a goal and clearance, but it was a cross from Deli Alley. And I think it was Alex Iwobi closing in. Yeah, um, you know, obviously, I think Delhi done well to get to the byline. But you know, when you go there, there's you know, there's so much you can do. And I thought he was going to cut it back. So, you know, just right place, right time. Try to get my foot on it and clear it. And then um, back post headers uh, are a rare, you know, first goal at the cop end. You know, amazing feeling. Um, but yeah, you know, delighted with all of our contributions today. It's been it's been a big week. We've came through it unscathed, and um, you know, now we've got we've got another huge week coming up. As well as the delight of the win, Devon, it's also a bit of a relief, especially after the way the game was panning out the way it did in that first hour. No, I would say we work hard to, to get the three points. So for us, it's focus. We know now the games are tough, always are tough, but especially now, and we just try and, and play the game. And uh, in the end, we work for the three points, so it's a good feeling because we're in a good momentum. But we know we still have a, a lot of games to come, so it's back to focus. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the next games. Divock Origi, Liverpool's not-so-secret weapon from the bench. Back to Arlo and Graham. Gentlemen, Robbie Musso said it best. It's not about how they play anymore. It's only now about results. If it's not pretty, quite frankly, who cares? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and make no mistake, Rebecca, I mean, this place was nervous at half-time, wasn't mm. it, the Liverpool fans? Because Everton were playing spoilers. They were playing the villain, almost the pantomime villain, and it was working. How impressed were you that they solved the problem in the yeah, end? Yeah, very impressed. And I think it's depth in squad, isn't it? And the... the the different players that they can bring on, different type of player. Uh, Divock Origi really epitomises that. But that is football. It, it, it's a game that rewards sometimes that sort of belligerent, nasty, horrible, cynical defending <laughs> that obviously Musta, he said at, at uh, half time he liked. Um, and, and, and it is part of the game and it's, and, and it's admirable in some ways because it takes a very organised, disciplined team to, to pull that off. But there's a point for me where it gets just, you know, it gets a bit disrespectful to the game. Um, I think the time that they were wasting in that first half, you know, it was all summed up beautifully by Alisson doing that in the final minutes and mm. the reaction from the Liverpool fans. And that's down to the referee. So he has a big part to play, the referee, in how a game is, is managed, shall we say, and how it's played out. But Liverpool, they, they, they just about kept on the right side of calm. Yeah, um, It could have flared up a couple of times to their disadvantage. But once they made those changes and wore Everton down, then, then obviously their quality... 
came through. It's been an awful season mm. for Everton. Mm. Let's let's be frank about it. But speaking of Frank, has he got <laughs> something that that was unintentional, by the way? But has he got something to build on for the remainder of the season here? Yeah, I think he has. I mean, they've come off the back of two good results, um, and losing to Liverpool in the form Liverpool are showing is 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 no embarrassment. That's a good base for them. I think Gordon is a standout player for them um, in terms of their creativity. They've got to now switch from that into something much more positive. They mm. play Chelsea next. They've got a, a, not a bad run in. They can pick up points, but they've got to make sure they're much more creative but use that as a defensive, out-of-possession base for, mm. for what they do going forwards. Yep. Their away form is poor, much better at home at Goodison Park. So... How is this title race run-in shaping up? So who have Manchester City got to play? They go to Leeds on Saturday. That's the final game on Saturday. Then it's Newcastle at home, West Ham away, Villa at home. And then they've got the Wolves game away yet to be rearranged. Liverpool, point behind them, go to Newcastle, who are in really good form and actually in ninth position this coming Saturday. That's the early game of the day. Then it's Tottenham at home, Villa away, Wolves at home on the last day, but they also have a game to be rearranged. That is Southampton on the road. That's how it looks. What do we think? Let's hear from Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen, pick the bones out of that. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Thank God the game has two halves. Um, so, uh, I think, okay, what can okay. We just didn't play particularly well in the first half, let me say like this. We, okay, they make it uncomfortable with the deep, with the, deep um, the formation they have, of course, but we didn't get in behind the last line. We didn't, um, not enough movement, not, not quick enough in, in the, the passes were not sharp enough. We passed pretty much the balls in the area where they had like nine players in the center, lost balls there, they got the counter-attacks and all these kind of things. But the um, second half, obviously, much more direct, um, really um, could could cause them much more problems. And then um, if you really stay patient, but develop kind of uh, greed as well, then you, you can score goals. And the goals were wonderful. Um, and um, so really good. They clearly came to frustrate, slow the game down. You'd have expected that, though. Yes, of course we expected it, but we didn't react extremely well um, um, uh, about it. It's just um, because it was—it's difficult. Huh? So, like each each ball Pickford had was took—it felt like it takes five minutes. So we could not really gain rhythm, which is obviously important if you want to break down a, a, a low block. And um, so, yeah, but that's what what we expected them to do. We just should have go better with it. But again, I'm, I'm really, really, really happy because it's not about and, and, and the, the amount of games the boys won in the last few months is, is insane and there's kind of always speed at you start and everything clicks and you cross the ball and whatever and you score wonderful goals you have to work and the boys did that again and so I'm really really happy so did you have words about that at half time dealing with that aspect of the game there was yeah there were the situations when we was I'm not sure when the players came all together it was not really not necessary that we were involved in that uh, it was absolutely that was something they wanted to do as well it's not the first time and but we were then there as well and even Robbo wanted to calm down everybody I said with your face you wind everybody up it doesn't help as you can't I see you here but the face is like uh. so um, just get away from these kind of things aggression yes emotion yes but the right ones and um, I, I really think we we, we we stayed really cool and calm uh, could make the change 
changes um, what helped as well of course um, fresh players and, and, and different formation um, which makes it more difficult for the opponent gives us a different dynamic and so um, it's all good we won 2-0 that's absolutely fine Was your heart in your mouth a little when Anthony Gordon ran through and, and Joel Matip put the, the, the challenge in on him and he went from, down in the box From my point of view it was again clear no penalty I saw Gordon going down before Joel even hit him I think the boy as good as he is and he's really good I have to say was lucky that he doesn't get a second yellow but I didn't see it back for me it was clear no penalty no and at that moment I think Stuart Alvell had a really good game today and the first situation was no penalty the second was no penalty so why should he whistle it why should I be worried about these kind of things for that we have VAR that even if he thinks there's something there's another person who should say see how it was really and you made the changes and the goals came and that's quite a hurdle, isn't it, that you've overcome? It is, but no problem. I mean, come on, what the, what the weeks, what kind of weeks we had and what kind of weeks we will have. And um, if anybody thinks that we just fly through these games, then I'm, I'm have to already can already apologize for that it will not happen but maybe um, if we create atmospheres like today again on and, and, and off the pitch then um, it will be difficult to to deal with us for 95 minutes and um, that was today again the case I thought Everton did what they had to do um, we deserved the three points and um, I, I really think with a performance like today they, they, they can can get the points they need um, that's it Right, let's get into the nitty-gritty then of these two and their run-ins. So they both actually play three of the same teams. Both Liverpool and Manchester City play Newcastle. Liverpool go to Newcastle. It's home for Newcastle for City. They both play Villa and they both, both play Wolves. The different teams they've got, City have to go to Leeds and they go to West Ham. Liverpool have got Southampton away and Tottenham at home. So from that, Tim... City have to drop a point somewhere for Liverpool to win the league. Yeah. Will they drop points? Uh, I, I look at both. I look at both runs, and I think the easy money is to say someone has to drop a, a point somewhere. Um, but I, I, I worry about the Tottenham game for Liverpool. Um, I, I think West Ham. Again, depending on where they are in Europa League, we saw today that they almost couldn't rest players. That could be a difficult game for Man City. But my gut tells me both teams will win out, and we'll get to. May 22nd, and we'll get to that last 15 minutes of the 90, and it will be it will be tight. I, I do. I think both teams ultimately will win out, even though Easy Money says someone's going to drop points. Well, the final day of the season, Liverpool are at home to Wolves, and City are at home to Aston Villa. So they're both at home. If it gets mm. to the last 15 minutes of that game, we'll have had quite some title race. Mm. How do you look at it? Well, five games left. Mm. Five games left. And I look at Manchester City's and... I, I think it's a much stronger look of winning out those matches than because? the Liverpool side. Well, because Liverpool have Tottenham, Villa away. I know Villa are not doing great at the moment, but we saw them firsthand and they played pretty well against um, Spurs in that first 45 minutes. That's potentially tricky. And West Ham United, like Tim says, who knows where they're going to be and what sort of team they're going to put out. But I think when you, you, you look at uh, the home games for, for Man City... I mean, given where they are, I mean, in and around the Champions League games, the semi-finals, the games in between, that's when you might get something. But you know, given the um, the run-ins, I, I still think the City will do it. Is the Champions League relevant because City haven't won it under Pep? Never won it. They haven't won it under Pep. Let's say it's a tight first game for City against Real Madrid, as Robbie said. Then the game they have between the two legs suddenly isn't as important as the second leg against Real Madrid, maybe. Yeah, I, I, for 
for me, historically, yes, Champions League is so very important. But I think the fact that Manchester City have one hand on the trophy, I, I can't see, I can't see Pep try, you know, playing a weakened squad based on trying to win the Champions League. This is so important, the Premier League to, to Manchester City as well. It's amazing. Go on, Rob. The only thing I would say, just looking at that game, it's Leeds away from Man City, isn't it? That's the game between the semi-finals. Yeah, because it's actually this coming weekend. Yes. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Now, Leeds, Jesse they need, March, they need, to win. they need to win. And the way that they play with that high press and the fired up with the new manager, Ellen Road, that, that potentially is, is maybe the trickiest one. Leeds away, given the way that they play. And City try and play out. Leeds will press. Yeah. That could be awkward. And given the fact City. that it's between the two semifinals, between yes. the two Real Madrid yeah. games. Okay. Well, Everton held firm for an hour at Anfield, but Jurgen Klopp substitutes changed the game. Final score ended up being Liverpool 2, Everton 0. The post-match thoughts of the Everton manager, Frank Lampard, are in. Frank, obviously not what you wanted. What did you make of it? I thought we played well. I don't know what it looks like. In terms of possession, of course, the game plan was understanding that they're one of the best teams in the world, what they're doing to teams recently. So could we be disciplined and work hard within that? Yeah. Could we break and create chances? Yeah. They didn't threaten our goal at all in the first half. And then we had, you know, a couple of opportunities. The core running through, moments in their box. So first half good. Start of the second half good, breaking away. If we get the first goal, the game feels completely different. But you know with Liverpool that there's there's always either a moment of brilliance, Mo Salah for the first goal, or because of their aggressive nature of their game, an overhead kick that bounces into the floor and lands on Origi's head. And that's, you know, the qualities that they have. In terms of, I can't ask any more of the players to give much more. As I say, if we get our goal whilst we were um, not giving them real chances, I think the game feels completely different. Do you think you had a reasonable penalty shout as well? Yeah, I think, I think it was. I'm not sure how clear-cut it was, but the ref was quick to whip out a yellow card. And when, when the little stuff was going off in the middle of the pitch, I think if you look back with that with VAR, there's some questionable things going on in that too. Uh, maybe that's to be expected when you come here. Bit of talk in our studio. You played in the Chelsea side that came here 2014, mm. that you were captain that day. Mm. Was that in your mind at all, that type of experience of coming here and frustrating Liverpool? Um, no, no. I remember, I remember it. I was number 10 at 35 years of age. I, was, I sort of did a, a really solid job, which we did on the day, and we obviously got a famous result, which had a big effect on stuff, but it wasn't. It was more at the moment and now in this group of players, so we asked the players to be disciplined. As I say, if you watch them lately, what this team are doing to teams, if you try and come out and go toe-to-toe with them, we're not in that position to do that. We're in a position to be smart, and we were smart for 60 minutes, and then, unfortunately, the goal goes in, and then it becomes very difficult after that. And that's all with losing Ben Godfrey in the warm-up. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's um, uh, had some of those moments recently. And the important thing, and I'll be the first, is to stick with it, to, to work, to keep preparing, to play with attitude. And there's no doubt that the attitude and uh, the, um, the way that the lads stuck to their task today was, was really, really good. And the thing we're missing is being clinical in those chances because um, obviously both boxes affect the game. Burnley's win today means you are now in the bottom three. Is it almost a psychological effect that has on you more than anything else, the fact you are in the bottom three? It doesn't to me. It'll be spoken about, but we've got six games to Burnley's five left. Um, Leeds are in there. 
so they play tomorrow. Um, but to hang too much, we have, we have to expect Burnley might win today uh, and worry about our own job. So there's a 18 points for us to fight for, which is a lot of points. So it's important for players, fans, club to not get sucked into that in a negative way. We're realists, it is what it is. But there are a lot of games for us to go and try and win. And with the attitude we showed in the pitch today and the togetherness and the spirit, maybe a few things go our way that didn't go our way today and um, we'll get the results. You'll take points from anywhere, I'm sure, but is the focus particularly on those home games? Yeah, on everything, Jeff. Now it's not. It's, you know, we're at that point now. We showed a great um, organisation today away from home, which we is something we've been striving for and working towards. So every game we have to be spot on. Every game we have to fight uh, and believe and absolutely believe. It's the whole club has to do that because there will be some negative chat now. Um, but we've been in this fight for a long time since I've got here. Um, so if it goes to the end, let's stand up and take it to the end. And your belief is no less than what it was just because you've dropped into the bottom three? No, because you know, coming to Liverpool, you know, let's, be, let's be honest about it, this team, the way they play and the threats they have, you know what you can get here. That's why I was pleased with the way that we competed in this game. So, no, in fact, in terms of the performance, I'm more positive off the back of it. Everton manager Frank Lampard, could he have done any more today, Lampard? No, I don't think he could. I think he set the team up well. I agree with a lot of what he said there. They had a couple of looks going forward. Always going to be difficult against Liverpool Football Club. And the question becomes about the home form, because it's pretty good, Everton. They've won the last two at home. The home game is coming up. Chelsea, yeah, it's going to be difficult next weekend. Brentford is winnable. Palace at home is winnable. Then you look at the away games, Watford away. There's definitely points there. They're still fighting. And the main thing, and I expected it, to be fair, at this club, they're still fighting. They've still, they're still they're going to show a desire to stay in this division. The manager is going to push them all the way. They're going to keep going to the end, Rebecca. This isn't going to be, as, as Jeff, the reporter there, is asking about confidence and in the bottom three yeah they are it's not good we're going to fight to get out of it they're not they are not down yet they've got some winnable games Tim I think if they if it's hard for them to replicate the the Derby emotion right but if they play like they played today with stuck to the to the task as as you mentioned there Frank Lampard saying we're not going to out football Liverpool but we, we we can play with focus and endeavor if they do that and they mix it up and they're tough to beat and 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 take their chances because they were they were okay on the break, not many chances. But they also when they go when when they talk about Watford and Brentford um, and Palace, they're not going to give up 70, 80 percent possession. They're going to have a bit of the ball if they play at that. They'll be safe. We just got to make sure as well. There's no mistakes, mm-hmm. and that was good today because mm-hmm. the one thing I thought of Everton: don't make any mistakes. Yep. They didn't today, and that's the same thing with Tim's points going forward. When they're going to dominate more, make sure you defend properly because they can't afford red cards or yeah. or players slipping on the ball or own goals or anything else like that. So that's key. How good is Anthony Gordon? Well, uh, it, one is very, very good. Two looks a bit fearless, right? I mean. Even when he, and he got yellow carded for, for the dive, he's on that left-hand side. He's right up against the fans. I could see what they were, what they were saying to him. He was unfazed. He still wanted the ball. He was brave. He's exciting for Everton football they, club. They need him badly. Yeah. They need him. Yeah. If they stay in the football, uh, in this Premier League, I guarantee he will be one of the main reasons. Mm-hmm. Richardson's done well and mm-hmm. got the goals, Tim, etc. But Anthony Gordon's got the ability to, to dribble past people, to get some goals, to, to make things happen in that, in that attacking uh, third, particularly at home, and that's going to be really important for them. As you said, probably the best player on the pitch today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Really good day for Anthony yeah. Gordon, but not, of course, so all round for Everton. 
Crystal Palace, the more threatening side that entire second half. But in the end, it is one point aside. It leads uh, no clean sheet in four and a half months. Now you can make it two in a row. So a live look at the bottom five. Leads now five points clear of Everton and the relegation zone. Important to note, Everton do have one game in hand right now on Leeds. From Selhurst Park, we now welcome you back inside the studio. Paul Burmeister alongside Tim Howard and Danny Higginbotham. Plenty of opportunities for Crystal Palace there in that entire second half, but in the end, it's one point apiece. Your interpretation of that result, especially for Leeds, Tim? I think it's a good result. Um, One point closer to safety. I said at halftime I thought they had another gear. Still think they had another gear. They didn't show us that. But under Bielsa, they would have possibly lost that game because you can't always score. Sometimes things don't come off in a final third. But what you can do is be resiliently, resilient at the back and be tough and hard to beat. And that's what we saw today. Okay, they went for it. They didn't play as well in the second half as we expected them to, but they didn't concede. They kept their second clean sheet in a row, hadn't had one since November. The signs are still looking good for Leeds. Yeah, you, you can see afterwards. Jesse Marsh going around all his plays, and, and, and you can read what he's saying. He's going around to all of his plays saying, massive point. Mm. It is. It's a huge point for them. You know, obviously, there'll be a little bit of disappointment because they haven't got the three points, but I think you only have to look at them. You know, they're five points clear at the moment. Everton are the team they've got to stay out of the way of at the moment because they're third from bottom. They've got seven points in their last ten games. Leeds are five clear of them. So a lot of people may look at it and go, yeah, well, it's only a five-point gap. When you're down at the bottom, five points mm. is a lot. It carries on the unbeaten run. Two clean sheets in a row, which is something that we very rarely said about Leeds United in the Premier League. So I think when you look at everything, there's far more positives and negatives, and I think it's a fantastic result for Leeds. Uh, bottom line for Leeds, that, that they've taken 11 of the last possible 15 points, moving in the right direction. Important, too, because what they have coming up is very difficult. Look at what they have in this Manchester City. Arsenal, Chelsea, three of the top four teams coming up there. Jesse, overall, happy to come away with a point? Yeah, I think so. It wasn't our best night. It was after a 16-day layoff, not so easy to to find game fitness and game rhythm. Um, However, no matter what the scenario, this was not going to be an easy place to play. So... You know, a recipe of of winning or not losing five in a row and finding a way to pick up points, especially any time you play an away match in this league. Um, So I think we'll take the positives that we have uh, two games in a row with a clean sheet, that um, Calvin played 90 minutes, that we look pretty stable and we don't panic in defensive moments, and then we just got to find a little bit uh, ways to be a little bit more dangerous. Yeah, you mentioned another clean sheet. That's got to be a big boost for you. Yeah, and I, I think it has a lot to do with some of the defensive performances, but it has a lot to do that tactically in the last third that we've been aggressive, that we haven't backed down, that, that uh, on set pieces that we've been very clear and stable and effective. Uh, so, yeah, uh, again, to get a clean sheet here is, and a draw is still, still a big, big positive. And Calvin's first start for a long time. How, how did you rate his performance? Yeah, I mean, it's good for him to get game fitness for sure, and we know that he's such a quality player and he helps us. Um, he's a leader in the team. And then, you know, the more that he gets game practice and we can look at film and help him understand what the roles are and what the tactics are and, and how to, to fit into the game more and more, that, that it'll be good for him and good for us. But, um, you know, he's a, he's a big presence in our team, and so it was a big boost to have him back. Pretty spicy game at times tonight, I thought, yeah. as well. 
Yeah, I didn't think it was ever crossed the line. I thought there was a lot of respect. I think that you know both teams know that the points are really important, and and both teams fought for the points in a big way. But I think in the end it was respectful. So um, I know what a good coach Patrick Vieira is, and he does a great job with his teams. You know, um, I respect the way his teams play. I ex- I respect the things he tries to accomplish on the pitch, and and you know knowing him so well, just trying to to now do our part to gain advantages in the match too. Five points clear of the relegation. So I know has Burnley's form sort of just cranked up a little bit of the pressure? Listen, the, the pressure was always going to be big no matter what because we knew some big opponents were going to be coming and we had to squeeze out points in every match that we could. Um, yeah, I mean, the challenge against Man City is, is like no other. Um, and and it, it, with our work that we do against the ball, that will be the massive challenge on the, on the day. But... We're excited for it. Um, we'll play brave. We'll go after the game. We won't s- sit deep and just try to protect and play 0-0. We'll go after the game and, and, and do everything we can to gain an edge. But, again, uh, I know how good Man City is. For me, they're the best team in the world. And so it, it's a big challenge, but one that we'll be excited for. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now.